0: Today on episode 333 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, you probably have heard of phishing emails. That's phishing spelled with a ph instead of an F. But have you heard of spear phishing emails? It's a pretty interesting strategy being used by the scammers now, and I'm about to tell you how it works. <coughs> another episode of the Computer Tutor. Tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your Computer Tutor, Scott Johnson. Hey there, good morning, and welcome back to the Computer Tutor podcast. I am your personal Computer Tutor, Scott Johnson, and on this podcast, I like to show you how to do cool things on your computer. We don't talk about sports, we don't talk about impeachment, none of that boring stuff. For this show, I consider it a success if, at the end of the podcast, you can say, wow, I've just learned something new. So hopefully that's the case today. I've been doing computer repair since 1999. That was the same year Shutterfly was started. And you know what other companies started back then? Napster. Remember Napster? Free music for everyone. Believe it or not, Napster is still around, just legal this time. Anyway, I've been working on computers for 20 years, so if your computer is running too slow, or it's just not doing what you want it to do, give me a call, 727-254-9078, or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's tip can be seen at my website if you go to computertutorflorida.com forward slash 333. So let's get started. You know I love to write about scams. If I hear about a new type of scam, I'd just love to come on here and tell you about it. And really, when a scammer puts out some effort and shows some originality and creativity in coming up with a plan, I almost have to admire that. Of course, he's still a scumball trying to steal your money, but I really do find it pretty fascinating. Well, what we're talking about today isn't really a new type of scam. In fact, it's actually been around for a while. The thing is, not a lot of people are aware of what it is or how it works, but I think it's pretty interesting, so I want to tell you about it. What we're talking about today is called spear fishing. But before we can get into the specifics of that, we need to talk about regular fishing. And of course, most people know what that is the standard process with fishing, and we're just talking about the kind with the fishing pole and a big body of water. You put something on the end of the line for bait, and then you just drop it in the water. Really, you're putting that bait out there for any fish in the lake that might want to grab it. Of course, you're hoping for one that's really big, but you really don't know which one's going to take it. But there are some people who do a different type of fishing, and we're still just talking about regular fishing in the water. Some people do spear fishing, And with this type of fishing, you aren't going after all the fish in the lake. With this, you're doing a really targeted attack. You pick out a fish, probably the biggest one you can see from wherever you're standing. You might be on a rock out in the middle of the lake, or you might be standing on the shoreline. Anyway, you spot that big fish, and you aren't holding the fishing pole. You're holding a spear. So you throw the spear at that one specific fish and just hope that you have really good aim. And I should say, as an aside, I used to go fishing. But since I became a vegan almost four years ago, I don't do that anymore because I don't do anything that would cause pain or death to any animal. I like what Penn Jillette once said. He's the tall guy in Penn & Teller, the magic act in Las Vegas, and he's also a vegan. He said, I still like to go fishing. I just prefer not to catch anything. So anyway, that's the process of fishing and spearfishing. Now we can talk about how that compares to the world of computer security and scams, where we talk about fishing, spelled with a ph, and spearfishing, also spelled with a ph, right in the middle you probably heard of a phishing email. In fact, chances are pretty good you've actually received a phishing email. This is one of those emails that says, hi this is your bank and we've detected some unusual activity on your account, so we had to freeze your account. In order to unfreeze it, we just need to have you log in. And then there's a link you can click on and it takes you to a website that looks exactly like your bank's website And you enter your username and your password, and it seems like nothing happens, like it didn't work or something. But what you just did is you sent your bank account, username, and password to the scammer. So an email like that is really low effort. All they have to do is duplicate your bank's website, then they send that email out to a 1,000 people or maybe 10,000 people. They don't even care if it's people that actually have an account at that bank. And that's why they say it's from Bank of America or Wells Fargo, because they know a high percentage of the email recipients will actually have accounts at those banks. So this is just like regular fishing for actual fish. They put it out there like bait to all the fish in the lake, or in this case, all the thousands of people who get that email and hope that someone falls for it. And unfortunately, a certain percentage of people do get suckered in. So that's a fishing email. A spear phishing email is different. It doesn't go to a large group of people. It goes to one person. But that one person is a high-value target. The scammer might identify a particular employee at a company. Let's say there's a sales manager. And that sales manager has the entire company's client database stored on his computer. And that database includes all the contact information and the sales history for their thousands of clients... Well, that information would be really valuable for a competitor of this company, right? So if there's a competitor that's a little sketchy or dishonest, they might hire a hacker to try to get into that sales manager's computer. That person would be the target, just like that one big fish that swims by is the target. So the hacker does lots of research on that sales manager and finds out some very specific information, and using that information the hacker might pose as one of the company's vendors and send an email directly to the manager asking him to verify some information in a file attached to the email. The email itself would be casual. It might reference a particular client. You know, the kind of information that would make a manager feel comfortable that everything is legitimate. So if he gets that email and has just a brief second of inattention and just clicks to open the attachment, it's game over. On his screen he might not see anything happen at all. It looks like whatever was supposed to happen didn't work, but what he doesn't see is that a program has now been deployed and is maliciously running in the background collecting that database of names and sending it back to the hacker. So this type of attack takes some extra work ahead of time to do the research and to word the email very carefully so it sounds very personalized But the payoff for that kind of spear phishing attack is much bigger than just sending a regular phishing email to 100 employees of that same company. And the way you avoid either of these? Just don't open email attachments and don't click on any links unless you know ahead of time where that link will take you. That's my default. Don't open attachments, don't click links. I might make an exception if I can research it or contact the sender of that email and make sure it's legitimate. But those are definitely the exceptions. You can never let down your guard, because as soon as you do, that's when you have a problem. And on my other podcast right now, I have a story that you probably won't hear on any other podcast. I talked with a young lady named Akami. She and her husband, Clay, live in Indiana. This past summer, while they were hiking, Clay fell into a volcano and fractured his skull. Fortunately, this was an inactive volcano, so it wasn't full of hot lava or anything, but this happened on an island in the Caribbean, and they were all alone, and they had no cell phone signal. Clay was extremely disoriented and bleeding, and it was up to Akemi to get both of them out of there to find medical help. Oh, and this happened on their honeymoon. They'd only been married for four days. You can hear Akami tell all about what happened on my other podcast called What Was That Like? You can listen to it on any podcast app, including Spotify, or at the website at whatwasthatlike.com slash 36. And as always, a big thank you to everyone who shops at Amazon using my affiliate link, which is computertutorflorida.com shop. That link just sends me back a little bit of money for each purchase, and that helps cover the cost of putting out this podcast. And I'd love to hear from you. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at pctutor at gmail.com, or you can always call my podcast voicemail line, 727-386-9468, and you can leave a recorded message there anytime, day or night. That'll do it for this episode, but I'll be right back here in two weeks with another computer tip. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless. Most people are shocked to find out how incompetent I am as an electrician.